Welcome to episode 708 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 708 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, Bevan. Yourself? Just a long talk with Greg Bennett. We have Legends of Triathlon. It's coming back your way. Making its comeback. Making its comeback. And then we're going to hit it again next week as well. What? Well, coming up soon, we've got another one. We'll probably release this one later this week, maybe early next week. Yeah. <laughs> we're a bit busy this week. Um, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by our patrons. Arnold, the sleek, chic. Sulikov. We've got David D Squared Doherty. And good old John, the Mountain Snail Hancock. This week's show, guys, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got an age group of the week. We've got an interview. We are. We're going to have a chat to Ken Glar um, from Endurance Sports Travel. Uh, I thought we're going to, they're going to be supporting us going out to Kona again later this year. And so I want to talk to Ken about a few races that they go to and get a little bit of the inside goss on uh, A, the courses, and B, some of the highlights you might not already know about. Okay. We've got, oh, we may have coached the corner. We are pushed for time. So it may be in the, in the ring, but maybe not. Uh, and wingers of the week, questions and answers. Jombo. News got somebody wanted me to rent, but I'm not going to. Well, I had, I, the email started flooding in pretty quickly on Saturday and text messages saying that Iron Man uh, were changing the, the legacy program a little bit. Oh, okay. not, not necessarily changing it, but they were basically allocating more slots and pulling people forward a bit. You know, it's it's a problem that's got a bit out of control because so, it's been so popular. Yeah. So it sounds like they have allocated more slots, which I think is a really positive thing. So what, what, why do people want you to rent? Well, because if they were, some people might be all lined up to go next year and then they're saying, oh, we've got a slot for you this year. Um, so people go, oh, I'm not organised and I've already booked into other races, which is completely fair enough. Yeah, but wait, can you say, can I take it next year? Well, that's what it appears you can. So, okay. so all's okay. But, but, but I think the, the initial emails were going, I'm not ready for this, I, I can't okay. do this. So there's a bit of, bit of panic without detail. Yes. So I think, uh, so I said, no, I'm not going to rant about that because they're putting more slots on, which I yeah. think is great. I'd much rather slots go here than willy-nilly for bloody AWA special athletes or just randomly attaching to 70.3. So... A, good work for Ironman for, for putting more slots for those hard-working athletes that are going to go and do 10 Ironmans, or is it 12? Maybe it's 12. It's 12, yep. Uh, but B, I don't, I just don't understand where the slots are coming from, but that's a mystery. But it might be one of those things that when we talked to Andrew Messick on the show when he said there's often slots saved for something, mm-hmm. and then because the race didn't go ahead, you know, mm-hmm. they, they obviously back some up. They're like, okay, let's offload. Like, is this... Does the slot allocation increase forever, or is it just this moment? Who knows? But yeah. anyway, anyway, positive moves. So, uh, and, and it's lucky for a lot of people because if you're a few years down the track, it's just going to bump everybody along a bit. So, uh, yeah, so positive news, I think. Look at new Ironman, Ironman California, which is really fascinating. There's never been an Ironman California. Like I know there's been races in California, but you just think you'd call an Ironman Ironman California. Yeah, I presume they're going to call it Ironman California. So, the, the Ironman Santa Rosa has. Uh, is, this year is, is, is the last year, yep. Uh, and they have had Ironmans in California, but I don't know, as you said, I'm not sure if they called it Ironman California, but regardless, the, the race is moving. It's no longer going to be in Santa Rosa and it's going to be in Sacramento uh, at a different time of the year. So it's going to be October 24th, 2021. Uh, entries opening in July 2020. I think that'll probably be really, really popular. Good time of the year, end of season, getting away from the, the mid season, uh, you know, racing. And that's the way. You know, for, for a lot of 
European athletes and a lot of American athletes in the past, they have always had to qualify relatively close to Kona you know it's a middle of the season race and for us Kiwis it's always been the different different story and, and Aussies are the same we have our whole summer in front of us and then Ironman's always been at the end of the season and then we kind of uh, have got a whole nother campaign for, for Kona so uh, same thing will apply here you'll be able to do all your summer racing and then uh, for those that want to go to Kona uh, then you can try to qualify and it'll be for the next year which is uh, which is always good. It was interesting did you watch the news last night with Braden Curry? I did. And he was just talking about the importance of this race for his trajectory for the year. So this know. is talking Ironman New Zealand? Yeah, Ironman New Zealand's this weekend. And they're just talking to the head of piece on Braden Curry. And he was just saying, you know, he was saying this race is pretty important for him to set up his year and how he will train through the year. And it is it is a different experience depending on where you are living in the world, isn't it? It is. And he's got a, a challenge for him. He's got to get a slot. And there's a number of guys on the start line that, that need to get their slots. Himself, um, Mike Phillips, Joe Skipper's already got his. Um, but yeah, for Braden, he is down to do Ironman Cairns as well. And so the same thing happened last year. He fin- didn't, he, did he finish Ironman New Zealand? He was either injured or he bombed out for whatever reason. He left Ironman New Zealand, didn't have a slot, uh, and went and got it in Cairns. Cairns so yeah, um, yeah it's going to be good. John, you've got. Are we doing the Kona draw right now? Or are we doing it next week? I thought we were going to do it this week. I think let's do it next week. We'll explain it because okay. we're pushing it for time. Okay. <laughs> we are pushing it for time. So Kona draw, just so you know, when you become a patron, you go into the draw to win a trip to Kona for the boys. Uh, and the way that works is it depends on the level of patronage. So if some people will give us $5 a month, some people 10 20 and 50 You get different gifting levels, but you also get more slots depending on how much you donate to the show. So for those who give us $5 a month, they get one slot. For those who get $10, they get two slots, three slots for 20 and $50 gets five slots. So obviously the more you donate to the show, the higher chance you get of winning the trip to Kona. Now we will be doing the draw next week. It's just we've we're probably pretty said the same thing last week, but yep, I'm ready to go for next week. So you have got one extra week if you want to get in there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah so just make sure you do that if you want to get in for the winner. And we will be doing it by the end of next week's show, I guarantee. We're just pushing for time today. John, the big race happening this weekend. Big race on the Ironman New Zealand world is Ironman New Zealand. Last year, Mike Phillips took it out in 8.05.08. And an unbelievable race. Unbelievable race. I bet you he wished he went five seconds quicker on the run, though. His run split was a new course record with two hours, 40 minutes and four seconds. Now, I don't know the new course. What's it like? The three-lapper. Oh, it's much the same. It's, no, it wouldn't be rolling, would it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you've definitely still got some rollers um, in there. Yep. No, it's it's a bit different. You miss out some of the climbs, but you've, it's still a bumpy old thing. So it's it's by no means a flat. Um, what you call a smoking fast. If we uh, we did last year, Mike Phillips is going to run a two forty on this course and do an eight oh five. And there you go, Braden Carey. He finished third. Still ran well, two forty five. But you wouldn't uh, think Mike would put five minutes on Braden, would you? No, you wouldn't. No. Uh, so it was and Starkowitz had a gigantic lead last year off the bike. He rode a four twelve on New Zealand roads. That is insane. Uh, on the female side, Jocelyn Corley had an awesome race. Uh, she went sub three on the run for a eight fifty three. Course record. I'm um, a bit like Wanaka. I was talking about. Wanaka a while ago and I was more excited about the females race and the same applies here because we've got a really good field and it could go anyway. you got Jocelyn McCauley, um, uh, Teresa Adam who's already Kona qualified and Meredith Kessler. So I think those three are going to be... Uh, but is Kessler, Kessler fading? She, she's definitely fading. Yeah. Um, but she, she'll be in the mix. She'll be in the, certainly in the mix out of the swim um, and see how she goes on the bike but she's certainly not the force that she was. I, th- I think she was... 
what, just probably one of the most underrated athletes outside of Kona. She was just so awesome. Um, but you've got those three that are the main ones that will be in the mix, but then you throw Radka Karterfeldt in there as well. Um, uh, okay. Unrated on Torsten's rankings, um, but she is one of the best 70.3 athletes in the world. Who knows how she'll go at the long stuff. She'll be there out of the swim. Um, I'd imagine she'll be there out of the bike. Whether she's with Meredith Kessler or Teresa Adam, not quite sure, but she'll be in that sort of neck of the woods. Um, but a really good runner, um, just good across the board. So um, she could easily take them all to the cleaners, um, but you never know. So women's race is going to be awesome, and it's going to be on Ironman Live coverage for the first time. So looking forward to that. Well, also, you, let's not un- right off the men's race because it's still pretty interesting racing. You've got Braden Curry, Joe Skipper, Mike Phillips, who has been coming back from an injury, but mm-hmm. fingers crossed he's in peak condition for this race. Uh, still got Cam Brown. Dougal Allen's puts an interesting piece in the equation. He hasn't been doing triathlon for the last couple of years, but he's back now. So it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the race. You know, like it is going to be an interesting race. Dylan McNeese. I thought Terenzo was on the start list a few weeks ago, but he's not on there anymore. So this is on, on tryrating.com. So I assume Torsten's pretty good at keeping this up to date. But yeah, I think the interesting thing for me on this is they're all, you kind of don't know what's going to happen. You'd, you'd, if you had money, I'd put it on Braden Curry purely because oh, Joe. Mike Phillips has been, uh, hasn't been running. So I think yeah. realistically, he probably can maybe run a 250, but I'd, if he, I don't think he's in, I'd be surprised if he's in the same running shape that he was last year. He certainly doesn't, isn't indicating that. Joe Skipper, you never know what you're going to get with him. Although he had a stellar swim bike in Wanaka. Yeah, Mike Phillips, yeah, yeah. I would expect him to be first off the bike. Yeah. Uh, Joe Skipper, you never know what you're quite going to get. If he's on fire, he can beat anybody. Yep. If he's not, who knows? Uh, so, but he's going to be well down after the swim. Um, so it's going to be you know, more than likely between those but in three. In a race like I mean, New Zealand, where you don't really get the pack, mm. that's an advantage to him. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. so like the swim's not so much of a, a you know an Achilles heel. Yeah, so you're, you're most likely going to have Mike Braden and Dylan McNeese um, Dylan might get away a bit in the swim, but then the others will probably be together where the Mike tries to do what he did in Wanaka and open up a can of whoop-ass. Um, so quite potentially, they could all be spread out. Cameron Brown will be well down, Dougal Allen will be well down, and uh, Joe Skipper will be well down out of the swim. So it could be a real difficult race for them to cover because I think they could be reasonably spread out. Here's a million-dollar question. Your prediction on what Cam Brown's going to run this year? I think Cam Brown will run a 246. 246, okay. Yeah, we'll and we'll I think he'll finish one. in about fifth, fourth, fourth or fifth place, somewhere between third and fifth. Which is, but he's been injured as well. He's only just come back running. Uh, there you go. Uh, Jombo, some other news. You saw a new race coming up in what, Sahara? Well, Sahara has actually been, and it's, if you want to do a slightly different race, go to the Sahara. So go on k226.com, and I saw a little clip on there. Race you can go, it's a multi-lap race in the Sahara. You swim in this, in this uh, oasis. You think it's in the desert. It's going to be smoking hot. It looks really cold. Yeah, it did look cold. <laughs> they, they had like, patches on their face to keep their face warm. Yeah, it looked really cold in the swim and cold on the bike and the run, but you're basically just riding through sand. The roads looked good, um, but multi-lapper. But if you want to go to the Sahara to do an Ironman or an Iron Distance race, check it out. Okay, John's IU, ITU update. The race was cancelled, which is... Which is Hold on, back it back up straight. You can't just say the race. Okay, which race was cancelled? So there's, there's, there's been two. Oh, Well, postponed. So I was all excited for this weekend. I thought... You know, Saturday morning, I'll, uh, I'm going to be doing race on Friday night. I'll just do a recovery session on the bike on Saturday morning. I have two screens up. I'll have uh, ITU playing it's the ITU World uh, Series first race in Abu Dhabi. And I'll have Ironman New Zealand played and I'll playing and I'll just have a bit of uh, some really good content for the trainer. 
As it turns out, it's just going to be Ironman New Zealand now. So the race in Abu Dhabi, which was the opening round of the World Series, is being postponed because of coronavirus. And I had all my notes. I did my notes on Friday. I was ready to rumble, going to talk about this. There was a stacked field. Everybody is basically there thinking this is going to be awesome. It's got implications for Olympic qualifying. They had a mixed relay there, which was going to be really important. All out the window, it's all been uh, postponed. It was going to be really interesting to see how Alistair Brownlee sort of fared, you know, and his uh, sort of return to yeah. ITU racing. Actually, on that, I listened to a great, there's a, there's a good podcast called At Home of Colin, it's Colin someone, it's a, it's a BBC where they basically sit down with athletes at their house, mm-hmm. and they had one with the Brownlee brothers, and it was really cool because it wasn't really much about triathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to check it out, I'll put a link to it into the say, show notes. So... Yeah, I was already talk about this, but it's uh, it's all out the window. But one thing I would say, I wasn't wasn't quite sure how the mixed relay sort of qualifying worked because there's also been a mixed relay qualifying event that was supposed to be in China that's now been moved to Spain. Um, so as it turns out, so there's going to be 14 teams at the Olympics, so there's 14 slots available, and. Why it's really important that this race coming up in Abu Dhabi was has been postponed, the relay rankings count as of 31st of March. There's uh, not going to be much other racing um, between now and then. And but that will, that will only affect the bottom teams, won't it? It will only affect the bottom teams. But it's probably quite good for New Zealand because we're currently ranked in fifth place. And so the top seven teams, uh, I think it is, get to get automatically qualified. So for us Kiwis... Keep that coronavirus <laughs> going so we can have our athletes we'll make, make it, it Olympics. We? Are we that stressed? Uh, well, often a lot of the countries don't put in their best teams, um, and so there could be a reasonable amount of movement between now and then. So, for example, Switzerland can, can put a really good team together. They're ranked ninth. They could relatively easily leapfrog us. Canada can put a good team. Spain are ranked 13th. They've got the two, okay. two of the best guys in the world. So there could be quite a bit of movement. So for our point of view, um, we want to keep it as it is. And the other advantage we've got is we do have a, a next round of the World Cup is in New Plymouth, on the, which will be the final points race here, which is on the 29th of March, and there's a mixed relay up there. So that could help seal the deal for us, assuming it all goes ahead. And the other, other piece of ITU news, ITU news is um, they did have a race in Australia. It was the Oceania Champs, which is just New Zealand and Australia. And I saw Andrea Hewitt finish second for all our Kiwi listeners. And I was thinking initially, if she finished second behind another Kiwi, um, I was thinking, oh, that's a bit crap. She probably should be beating her. But then I looked at Andrea's time, run time. She ran a 16.30. In 5K? For 5K. Well, the, the, the winner ran a 17.45, and nobody else was even within Kiwi of 17 minutes flat. Uh, so she is running up a storm so that's pretty competitive maybe not winning an olympic um, medal but she had a crappy swim and a crappy bike but uh good to see andrea hewitt uh back in the game okay so what, what, what the olympics john yeah problem we've got a big virus going around the world right now which is a is concern everywhere and there is loose talk that they're going to try and make the olympics go ahead they're, they're not saying it's not off at this stage but there is a chance Certainly a chance. I don't think we'll know till the end of March, and then uh, I think by then, by that stage, we'll have a pretty. It's going to be pretty heartbreaking idea. if it doesn't happen. Mm. You know, for you think of these athletes. You, you know, let's be honest. Most athletes get one or maybe two, three chances max in their career to have this this moment. Mm. And in a sport like triathlon, where it is the peak moment of your sport, oh, what a what a disappointing thing. Better to be alive than dead, though. Yeah, but it's, it's, well, people, many people dying. Uh, there's, there's enough to yeah. Uh, 
I don't have a strong. I, I think no. it would be terrible, but I'd rather people stay safe and alive than uh, than getting sick and spreading it further. So <laughs> do who knows? I, I mean, I've got implications for camps and Roth and oh, yeah. Kona and travel, and my my flight currently is booked through Shanghai, and my like, it's not looking too too flash, but oh, it's months yeah. away. So who knows? But I think I don't think we're going to know until the end of March. John, you've said this is a bit gimmicky. What Super League are doing is uh, in the next race, which is happening, where is it, John? It's somewhere. Uh, well, now, this is the gimmicky part of it, where the race is being held. Never heard of this place before. Oh, okay. I thought you thought it was gimmicky because of the All-Stars. Well, that's gimmicky as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's not. this is a Super League triathlon series that's been announced. Uh, it's not part of the sort of championship series, I believe. It's, it, it's being labelled as a special event. It's being held in Neom, which I'd never heard of, and... When I started looking into it, it's pretty funky. So it's uh, somewhere in the Middle East, but they're basically building a city that's going to be just a hive of um, being self-sufficient, uh, a hive of intellectual activity, and just building a city that's going to be self-sustainable. Now, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, so it's the I think it's the Saudis just putting billions of dollars into it so this is just a marketing cam- campaign for them fair enough but they've got desalination um, wa- water plants so they're going to be able to use seawater for drinking they're going to be saying everything's going going back into the ground it's going everything is going to be 100% green it looks 500 billion dollar mega city yeah so have they actually started it? Yeah, they started. There's an airport being built there. Um, they've got big desalination tanks. Whether I don't think anybody's, well, no, I don't know if anybody's living there yet. Um, so it's going to be an advertisement for this area. We're talking about it. We're, we're telling the world yeah. about it, aren't we? Yeah. So it's so, good on them. So they're putting it on. They haven't got all the rock stars there, but they've, as Bevan said, they've got some all, an all-star team with guys like uh, Kadal Evans, Inga de Bruin, Jens Voigt, Paula Radcliffe. Uh, I don't even know who Puck Moonen is, so that's... Um, I probably should, but I don't know who she is. Uh, so, yeah. And then they've got, you know, maybe 50%, no, not even that, of the, the rock stars. So you've got um, Henry Schumann, Richard uh, Murray, Christian Blumenfeld, a few of the girls, got Georgia um, Taylor-Brown, Rachel Klamer, um, but certainly not a full Super League roster. And then you've got a few others like um, Josh Amberger, who's obviously long course, and Lisa Norden, who's now long course as well. Um, Emma Pallant, who's long course, so and Radka Carterfelt. So a bit of a demonstration event more than anything, but kind of a funky venue. Fascinating to see what this develops into, the city. Because Disney tried to do a, a sub- suburb or like a, a little mm. city, and apparently it was a bit of a weird place. Right. Yeah, it was, yeah, because it was trying to be a bit too kind of promote the Disney lifestyle, which Disney isn't <laughs> life. You know what I mean? Right. You know, what you see in the movies isn't life. And uh, apparently, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a total success. Mm. Um, okay. So anyway, Super League, uh, it's all happening. It's all happening in the Super League, John. I've got to find my notes Well, you here. assume it is because they were probably obviously trying to do this on the back of Abu Dhabi because the athletes will be there. We'll roll this onto the back of it, but now none of the athletes are going to Abu Dhabi anyway, so fingers crossed uh, it does uh, get off the ground. They can probably put on private jets for everybody. Well, they're going to be in jets, so it's not sustainable. They have underground trains. <laughs> from from London to, to South. What is it Elon Musk is trying to do? What is it? That, that, that in Los Angeles, yeah, I've seen that. It's funky. Yeah, so who knows, team? Who knows what the future looks like? i tell you one thing. If you've gone 30 years ago to someone and this is what the future's going to look like, I don't think many people would have predicted it. Mm. 30 years, 30 years, what's that, the early 80s? Mm-hmm. No one on the internet. Exactly. 
Uh, okay, on this week's discussion, how should Pete work out his conundrum? He is racing Ironman New Zealand, while his partner Kerry is racing a 70.3. They are both even on ability, so they need to work out who gets the bragging rights for performance. Uh, E.g., should Pete's full time be half to take and take maybe 20 minutes off? Uh, for reference, Kerry uh, took the line on his at this for five. 49 at the Taupo 7.3 in December, getting a third, and Pete did a six hours. So, how do we actually make it work? So, you compare an Ironman versus a half. So, one person can say, I am better than you, which is ultimately is not good for a relationship. Yes, but this is all a bit of fun to try to work it out. Craig uh, Bryhouse, I would base it solely on who produces the best race photo on the day. Oh, uh, Porto's to, good at that. Porto to, always gets good race photos. Yeah. Need to look fast, focused, but with a serious facial grimace and, of course, complete colour coordination of race wear and bike. Uh, a little dry spit in the corner of the mouth also helps. Uh, Simon Rue's got, my wife and I are doing the exact same thing at the same race. From experience, I feel it's always better to give the bragging rights to your better half. So he's a wise man there. Uh, I like this one. Uh, Tim Tansley, easy. Take finishing place in age group, divide your number by people in your age group, times 100, gives oh, you your percentage good. in your age group finish. Perfect comparison, lowest percentage wins. So he's even given us an example here. Um, so Kerry gets 25th out of 150, he comes 47th out of 260, um, means Kerry was 16.8%, uh, Pete was 18.07, so Kerry wins. Okay, good old Kerry uh, Newton's got. Well, she's the one involved. This is the Kerry that's actually well, here's involved. What, okay, here we got. And now one is injured and one isn't. He has certainly upped his game since getting checked, checked in November. So there you go. Barbara Harkin-Nelson. Um, what's Barbara's nickname? Can't remember. Why do they need bragging rights? Celebrate each other's accomplishments. Exactly. Don't be sad. That's pathetic. Come no, on, we want a bit love. of angst in here. Max, uh, I'm going to say Foyle uh, has got rule number one she always wins rule number two in case she doesn't win rule number one automatically applies Dave Dowdy easy marital bliss equals wife wins they're not married they're my partners. wife my wife you want to annoy my wife my wife doesn't get annoyed by much you say happy wife happy life she does not like that saying oh okay she does not someone bought us one of those plaques for our wedding oh. straight in the bin straight uh, in the bin to make that happen the full Ironman must be faster than two times a half so that is that's that's well, that's pretty significant. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Sarah Sutherland, placing. Whoever gets the best age group placing wins. Mm. Uh, Rob Dallimore, she always wins. It's easier that way. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, everyone's got age group placings. Uh, Alan Lee's got a woman's place is in control. <laughs> uh, I think, as I said before, I think I like Tim Tansley's suggestion the best. Yeah. Um, percentage in your... Uh, Age group, I think that's good. That counts for whether you've got a big age group or a smaller one. Pete's not 100% sure on Pete's age group, but I'm, I'm sure he'll have more participants in his age group than, than Kerry, so I think that's a good fear. Do we know the numbers between the different races at this? Like uh, how many are doing a half versus how many are doing a full? Uh, it's ballpark the same, I think. Like there's over 1,000 in the half, and I think, I think there's 1,100 in the half, and I think 1,400 in the full, something along those lines. It's going to be fascinating to watch who wins, um, I mean, get the feedback on the race, because there was a lot of controversy about the fact that they changed the start time of the Ironman. Normally, you know, since I've introduced the 70.3 to Ironman New Zealand, it's been small fields. Mm -hmm. This year, because it's World Champs and Taupo later on in the year, it's definitely lifted up the game, so it's going to be fascinating to see the management of that. I hope it's a total success. I'm sure it'll be fine. I just think the way they did it, 
is disrespectful to the Ironman athletes. There we go, disrespect, stop disrespecting us. This week's discussion, uh, what do you want to get out of a coach and what has a coach done in the past that has let you down? Now the reason for this is because we had an email through, I'm not going to name the person because I don't know if this person wants to be named, um, she said coach slash athletes. Do you, you said she, you've given her away John. <laughs> Do you get bang for your buck, uh, especially at this busy time of the year? So this obviously somebody from New Zealand has sent this in, and they said, and especially when they are competing in the same event as their clients, and for some, even the same age group. Flip side, you'd probably be struggling to find a coach that doesn't compete. So I, I kind of thought, oh, well, you, you're probably just bagging out a coach who hasn't given you good service at the moment, because um, maybe they're racing as well. So I kind of thought, we'll just spin it around slightly. What do you what do you really want out of a coach, and what has a coach done in the past that has maybe let you down when you're going into your main race? So vent your anger, and for coaches, because there's lots of coaches that will be listening, maybe try not to make the same mistakes that people uh, identify in this discussion. Well, we'll have a big discussion about this, because it's a good subject, so we'll talk about that next week. John, let's just do this without the music, because I've got no time today. Age group of the week. Okay, good old Tom Ward. This is number two of three because he's sending through three age groupers of the week. Now, for for Michelle, I'm going to say Van Denverter. We'll go with that. Yep, this lady has absolutely no endurance sports background and only really started to win properly 18 months ago. There are very few athletes that I have seen that are dedicated to perfection as Michelle. She leaves no stone unturned on her triathlon journey. As with all passionate fit athletes, her focus is on the process and her own accomplishments. She prioritizes the execution of her behaviors over chasing data outcomes. She trains as if she was a pro despite being financial controller at a global company. She takes a leading role in our tri community and is always ready to help anyone else on their triathlon journey. Despite no biking or running history, Michelle would strong form in both discipline fairly on in her journey. However, swimming has always been an ongoing challenge as she has had no swimming background. She has swum three to seven times a week over the last year and has given her uh, as a half to give herself a best chance to swim well enough, wait a second, what did I say there, and a half, oh, in the last year and a half, sorry, to give herself the best chance to swim well enough to be able to unleash her bike and run effectively, something so many triathletes are just not prepared to do. This resulted in Michelle delivering a 33.45 swim on race day. She biked her way to a 211 split, the fastest age group split of the day, and fifth fastest female split in the overall race. Um, add to this an extremely solid 135 run and she finished in a 428 second in the 35 to 39 age group fifth female age grouper overall and she secured her spot to the Taupo 70.3 world championships in the progress a water performance from someone that two years ago could barely swim ride or even ride a road bike so that was at the Dubai 70.3 <clears throat> and so you got a, a couple of points out of this Tom said she could hardly swim so that's and it's a stellar swim it's solid then she did she's hardly ridden a road bike and she rode a 211 I know it was a really fast bike course over there in Dubai and guys were riding guys and girls were riding incredibly fast times but that's mental so uh, very solid and uh, hopefully you enjoy Taupo 70.3 later in the year so Michelle Van Denverter in the Dubai 70.3 you are our Age group of the week. week. Okay, John, what are we doing here? I'm not quite sure. We're not doing Coach's Corner. We're not doing Coach's Corner. We'll so be inserting an interview that okay. we're going to do with Ken Glar. Ken Glar. Here he is right now. Okay, guys, um, we've got Ken Glar from Endurance Sports Travel on here, and you've heard from him in the past, but I thought 
we always want to know what how King Glass is up to because he's got that amazing streak going in Kona. He's also got a wealth of knowledge from all the races uh, that they go to, both from, from him from a point of view as an, an athlete and also with endurance sports travel where they take everybody around the world. So uh, firstly, welcome back to the show, Ken. Thank you very much. Good to uh, be with you guys. Uh Tell us where you're based over winter these days. I had somebody talking about Westchester the other day to me, but um, are you still based over in that neck of the woods during winter? Uh, yes, we've we've been spending a bit of time down in Cozumel because we're building a um, boutique hostel and guest house there. Um, so we were there for about um, about six weeks from Christmas till uh, Christmas Day until the end of January. And uh, now we've been back for four weeks, still have another two weeks here in Westchester. And then we go back down to Cozumel um, for the second half of March and all April to, to, open up, uh, to open up the business there. Maybe before we go into the other stuff I was going to talk about, but maybe do you want to just explain what you're doing and, um, and whether it's sort of applicable to obviously the triathlon audience in terms of Cozumel? It is. Um, we um, will be using that, um, you know, uh, hostel slash guest house as a uh, facility for training camps. Oh, cool. Um, and then also just for, I mean, for the most part, just general tourism. Yeah. So, I mean, if people want to go down and stay there, not necessarily while we're doing a training camp, they can just book in and, and stay there. Um, if, uh, they want to take the family on a vacation, obviously. Yeah. But then, um, like I said, we will be doing some training camps. Um, so we're just just finishing up the construction now, and uh, we will open uh, in early April. Cool. So we'll have eight eight rooms and a shared kitchen, big shared kitchen and a living room, nice backyard, shaded backyard, and then. Uh, and then we also have um, a roof deck, really big roof deck, with a swimming pool on top of the roof deck. So it'll it'll be a really cool spot. So again, you know, you you we always know that you kind of always keep your finger in the training game. When you kind of look at your season ahead, what does your athletic season look like this year? Um, definitely trimmed down a lot. I mean, uh, usually I do two or three Ironmans and maybe two halves. Um, this year, my first race, because um, unfortunately the political situation in in Chile, which is normally extremely stable, uh, they did cancel the race this year. So normally I do that race and then maybe Ironman New Zealand. Um, so I didn't do the half in Chile. And I'm not doing New Zealand this weekend uh, simply because of, of the project down in Cozumel. So my first race is going to be Ironman Brazil. Mm. And uh, part of that was I decided I didn't want to do another Ironman until I got some consistent running in. I've, uh, I can always, you know, uh, build up the swimming and cycling really quickly. So if I get four or five weeks, I can get in pretty good cycling and, and swimming shape. Um, running, obviously, you just can't ramp it up that quick or you get injured. So yeah. the consistency has been my problem with all the traveling. Um, 
So I've tried to be, since Kona last year, I've tried to be more consistent with my running. And um, so hopefully things will go pretty well in Brazil. And uh, if they do, then I'll be back in Kona. If not, um, I don't know that I will chase after a slot. Um, I guess the, the one, if I decided to do another one, if I don't get the slot in Brazil, um, it would be Montreblanc. Um, to give myself enough time to to ramp back up and get you know um, fix whatever whatever went wrong in Brazil. Um, You've got to keep not, the, Kona, the Kona Street going. Well, <laughs> you know, I, uh, <laughs> last year I was planning on ending it after I, I didn't have a good race in Brazil last year. I was having a very good day, and then I got sick on the run. I had about a 16, 17 minute lead at 17k, and then I got sick and just completely fell to pieces and I decided I wasn't going to do Kona and started working around the house here, building the deck and not training at all. And then I got an invite to do it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was back in the same situation where, uh, you know, I didn't really get enough training in for it. And, uh, it's, it's, it's not fun doing it when you know you're not in shape. I mean, uh, You know, it's one thing. I know I'm never going to be in the shape I used to be in, but I I like to be able to, you know, go into it and and know that, you know, I'm going to get through most of the race feeling pretty good. And and last year, I I had my slowest swim, my slowest bike, both on purpose, thinking, okay, I'm going to, you know, get a decent way through, uh, through the run without, you know, feeling like shit. And <laughs> I got 10K into it, and I was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so I may have well just gone faster in the swim and the bike because that yeah. didn't help anyway. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, you just got to get the running miles in. Again, it's, it's good. Well, I'm, just, do it. I'm just wondering, you know, your, your body's done a lot of exercise in your time. Um, how does the body hold up as you're aging and, and and do you need to change things and do you add more strength in? Like I know you're a very busy person and it's almost like training's an afterthought a bit more nowadays, but you know, you've, you've done a very hard sport for a very long time. What's the key to looking after the body on that journey? Well, I mean, I, I used to look after myself much better when I was racing professionally, you know, I, I could justify getting one or two massages every week and, you know, I had the time to do all the proper recovery stuff. Um, now, of course, I'm older, and now is probably when my body really needs it even more, but I don't necessarily have the time, and it's hard to justify, you know, spending the money to get a massage every week or something. So mm-hmm. I do a, a lot more, you know, uh, self-massage, stretching, things like that than I used to. Um stuff that's, you know, a little bit, a little easier time-wise than than going somewhere and getting a massage. So it just saves me a bit of money and saves me a bit of time, which is the most important thing. But I I find that my biggest problem over the last 15 years, you know, since I um, really got away from consistent training, I mean, the first three or four years I had endurance sports travel, I was able to uh, I was young enough that I was able to work 80 or 90 hours a week and still train. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of days where I get two or three hours sleep or I go two days without sleeping. And, 
maybe you can do that when you're a younger man, but by the time I was 40 or so, I was done doing that. <laughs> so the consistencies kind of fell out of it. And actually the biggest, the biggest problem I have is sitting. I mean, uh, the more I move, the better I feel. So actually the more I train and the more consistent I am with my training, the better my body feels. I mean, that's what my body's used to, you know, it, it's not used to sitting, you know, for six, eight, 10, 12 hours a day in front of a computer or, you know, when I'm at events, um, you know, driving around in a van is, is sometimes really the worst thing, depending on, on the car seat, the, you know, the van seat that I have, some are worse than others. Mm. So, um, movement really is what keeps you young and keeps your body going. It's, yeah. it's the lack of movement that's my biggest problem. So once I get to the point where, you know, I'm doing one or two things every day, my body feels great. Mm. So what, yeah. are, what are a couple of key workouts you do, you know, when things are going well and you're getting ready for race and you're, you're humming along nicely, what are a couple of key workouts that you do to, to try to specifically prepare for a race? Well, I mean, if, I, if I'm able to get a reasonable buildup, you know, more than just cramming in four or five weeks of training, but if, if I'm able to get in decent shape and then have four or five weeks or more to train properly, um, I go back kind of towards my key workouts from the old days, but, you know, obviously a little slower and a little less distance. I mean, I don't... I don't do the 150, 160 mile rides with a, you know, with a hour and 40 minute run afterwards or an hour and a half run afterwards. Um, but I'll go out and do a five hour ride with, uh, with an hour run afterwards or something like that. And, uh, that's, that's kind of a key workout for me. If, you know, if I'm able to be in good enough shape to do that, you know, four or five times, um, before before doing an Ironman, and with the running, uh, do you put any intensity in with the running, or, or what level do you now go to if you are adding intensity um, in? I mean, I was never. I mean, when I was younger, when I was doing a lot of Olympic distance stuff, I was doing, you know, I was doing eight hundreds. I was doing even some four hundreds now and then, but eight uh, hundreds and mile repeats. Um, but, you know, once I got more towards where I was doing mostly Ironman races and half Ironmans, um, I, was, I did a lot more tempo stuff. So, yeah, I'd still go to the track. I'd, I'd do mile repeats, but they'd be mile repeats after doing a 150-mile bike ride. So, you know, if, if I was doing, you know, uh, 520 miles, that was great. And I'd do four of those and it'd be kind of in the middle of a, a 10 or 11 mile run, 12 mile run. So, um, you know, they didn't have to be, you know, I wasn't like, you know, when I was trained for an Olympic race, they weren't, you know, 440, 450 mile repeats or something like that. So, um, but nowadays, yeah, now the intensity that I do is more negative splitting my long runs. Um, if I do get in good enough shape to go to the track, then, you know, uh, I really don't do anything much less than, than mile repeats. 
unless it's just something to get some leg turnover. Um, I'm not, you know, if I'm running 800s, I'm not running all out 800s. I'm just trying to wake my body up a little bit, you know, but for the most part, you know, the, the speed that thrills is the speed that kills. So unless, unless I'm able to get some really good consistent running in, it, it's not worth the, the risk of going and doing, you know, hard 800s or something like that. There's just, there's not enough payback for the potential uh, damage. And just lastly on this, what about your range of motion when running? Has it, has it kind of been limited much or have you still got a pretty good stride length? Um, I've actually tried to shorten, shorten my stride. I, um, keep because the, the only thing, the only thing that's really been a consistent issue with me, um, physically is, um, a left hamstring into my glute situation. So, um, you know, overstriding, uh, can definitely, um, exacerbate that so i have been trying to uh shorten shorten my stride and and be a little quicker in my turnover um and then of course i've I've, now that i've have had some consistency since kona um i'm doing more strengthening work for it um and uh and just like i said i mean just the fact that most days I do at least one thing. Um, I think just getting, you know, good blood flow to it on a daily basis has has been helping me. Um, yeah. So we've got, um, I mean, New Zealand coming up this weekend, and then we've got seventy point three worlds down in New Zealand in November. So there'll be lots of people coming from mm-hmm. all corners of the world for that. Hopefully, um, you've been to New Zealand many, many times. You did Auckland for the for the years it was up there, and now obviously Taupo. You've been there a gazillion times. You know, people that listen to this podcast they are all around the world, but often Bevan and I just have our Kiwi slant on it. And so Taupo is kind of just Taupo for us. And um, and I've done a fair amount of racing elsewhere in the world but I was really keen to get your interpretation of you know how how events in New Zealand um kind of differ or do they differ much from from what people can expect to see um both in Europe and and the states just in terms of the vibe and and yeah if there's much of a difference uh I mean well there's some races that that it's similar to obviously I haven't been to everything especially now that things have exploded the way they have with, you know, 120, 70.3s and 40 some Ironman races. But I mean, the event that I think say for a European to compare to, um, to Talpo, as far as the vibe or a North American athlete to compare, I would say the vibe is more like, um, uh, more like a mantra blanc, or Penticton, uh, or maybe a Lake Placid, as far as a North American um, event. And in Europe, the races that I've been to that would have a similar vibe would be um, maybe Zellum Sea, where the Worlds were um, a few years ago, or or um, Ironman Austria. You know, it's a smaller, you know, smaller town bigger town, smaller city, I guess, mm. something like that. Whereas, uh, 
a lot of the races um, in Europe are in, in bigger cities now. Um, so you, you, it's definitely a different vibe than that. It's, it's that, that real welcoming feeling that, that uh, a place like Penticton and Montreblanc, Lake Placid have. Um, and as far as the course is concerned, um, it's, it's not going to be anywhere near, I, I just, I don't know that they have the ability to make it anywhere near as challenging on the bike as what the European world, uh, Ironman 70.3 world championships have been. Mm. Um, I think, uh, you know, it, it, you know, once again, just like with the Ironman in New Zealand, the difficulty of the course, especially on the bike, comes down to what it's like on the day wind-wise. Mm. So, um, I mean, Ironman New Zealand and the 70.3 in Taupo, uh, if, if it's a good day wind-wise, it's, it's a relatively fast course. Um, the temperatures are nice, um, you know, so you can, you know, you can have a quite a good run there because of the temperature. The undulating run course, I think, is better for running fast than a dead flat course. I think uh, being able to change up your, your stride length um, consistently actually is a better thing than, than running, you know, running a dead flat Ironman. Uh, your stride just kind of, kind of tends to keep getting shorter and shorter mm. without anything to kind of break out of it. Um, so, so I like the run course in, in Taupo because of that, you know, there's no huge hills, but there's always something to, to change up your stride a bit. And if it's a good day in Taupo, the swim's always fast. I mean, mm. that's, you know, um, if the wind's blowing from the South and you, you know, it's choppy, uh, it slows it down some. Um, but, uh, if it's, if it's flat, like it is quite often, it's a fast swim there. Probably one of the key things for anybody that's coming down this way is, uh, they, they have not confirmed the, the course yet, but I think they're trying to find a few more hills to put in there, but it's not going to be crazy hilly as Ken suggested. Um, but it's also the road surface that we've, we talk about a lot on the podcast. Uh, it's big chip. It's uh, it's a it slows you down, but it also just causes you to have that vibration going through your body the whole time. So Kiwi listeners won't think anything of it, but uh, if you're used to riding on uh, super smooth, beautiful roads in in you know uh, in the Middle East or, or different parts of the world, uh, you're going to get a bit of a rude awakening. So you need to make sure everything's done up tightly, and you you try to get some some time out on the course. Um, any other tips you've got for for Ironman New Zealand uh, or or, or Timony Point Three in terms of um, for the worlds? Yeah, for for worlds for people that are preparing to come down here. Anything else uh, that you've sort of learnt over the years, but in terms of travelling here and the race? Well, and to follow up on what you had just said, I think um, people need to adjust their air pressure and, uh, you know, uh, 25 millimeter tires are, are quite popular now. So that, that helps a bit as far as the, uh, uh, you know, the, the rougher road surface. Um, but yeah, if you, if you go in with your tires, pumped up really high you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna feel it in your teeth and everywhere else so mm -hmm. uh and I, it doesn't bother me much because i'm used to the new zealand roads i've spent 
probably three years or more of my life there. But uh, Pennsylvania's got some rough roads as well, so so I'm I'm quite used to that. But people coming from Europe or from some of the places in uh, in North America that have have a smoother road surface, definitely that's something that that takes them by surprise. But um, as far as the traveling to New Zealand, I mean, most people, I don't think realize that when you're coming from North America um, and, and I, South America as well, most of the flights are night flights and you also cross the date line. So you're arriving uh, actually two days later than what you left. So uh, it's, it's important to, think about that when scheduling your your trip down at the um you know especially the women with the women's race on saturday and men's race sunday for the women um i would really suggest and and even for the guys um leaving the weekend before uh simply because if you leave on a saturday you're arriving monday morning mm-hmm. um you leave on on Sunday out of North or South America, you're, you're arriving on, on Tuesday morning. So, um, that's, you know, that's getting a bit tight given, given the amount of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, for most people, they're not crossing that many time zones. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's a little different on the body. And then people come from Europe. It's, it's a much bigger, you know, it's, it's, you know, eight to 12, um, time zones. So, so for them, it's, it's a much bigger difference in time zones, depending on which way they're, which direction they're flying, whether they're flying through, you know, Singapore, or, uh, Southeast Asia or somewhere else and, and going down or whether they're coming through North America to get to New Zealand. So that's something people need to take into consideration. Um, in terms of Cozumel, you know, obviously um, you're a bit of a bloody expert in Cozumel, and I've never been never been there before. I mean, tell us a bit about that race in terms of the course and, and what people can expect. You know, is it a pancake flat uh, across the board, and, and you know, maybe contrast it to, to Kona and, and other places where you know you kind of go for for hot races. Um, well, the the seventy point three in Cozumel is in September, so it's much much hotter in more humid uh, than what the full is at the end of November. So it's 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 still quite warm, uh, nowhere near as hot. The sun's nowhere near as strong as what Kona is for the full. Um, the 70.3 would be um, probably more hot, uh, more humid than what Kona is. Um, it is dead flat. So in that, in that regard, it, it really, I mean, Kona, Kona's all hills on the bike, but the hills are, um, most of them are, you know, longer, more gradual hills. People don't realize how hilly Kona is until they're there because the camera shots are all, you know, you get a lot of these long camera shots with the barren, barren, uh, lava fields and you don't realize how much hills there are in Kona, but even though there's a lot of hills in Kona, you spend almost the entire time on your aero bars. Sorry, <clears throat> just talking about Kona. 
<laughs> just talking about Kona is enough to make you sick. I had to have a drink once I started talking about Kona. I started getting thirsty. Uh, nice. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, in that regard, Cozumel's similar to Kona in that you're out on the aero bars the entire time, but it is dead flat. Um, another similarity between the two can be the winds. I mean, just like Kona, you can get a good day with <clears throat> light winds. Uh, same in Cozumel. I mean, I've done a lot of training in Cozumel now. And uh, you go out and it'll be perfectly calm on the East Coast. And then the next day you'll go out and, you know, you'll have a really strong head, head slash crosswind. They don't allow disc wheels in um, Ironman Cozumel oh. because of that the potential for the really strong crosswinds. Um, the run is dead flat as well. So kind of getting back to what I was saying before, it's, it's, you know, people think a flat runs fast, but uh, running 42 kilometers without any downhills to kind of stretch your legs out or uphills to kind of, you know, change your stride up a bit. Uh, it, it gets tough on third loop. That's mm. for sure. Um, in terms of the as Cozumel as a, as a venue, um, you know, obviously when I think about it, I'm thinking beach holiday for the family. Um, is there much else to do other than sort of just lounging around at the resorts? Oh yeah, I mean Cozumel. The I mean the main tourism business for Cozumel outside of the cruise ships, uh, the people that are actually going and staying on Cozumel. The main thing is the diving and the snorkeling. Oh, nice. um, it's the northern end of the second largest uh, coral reef in the world. It starts, you know, down below Belize and comes all the way up along um, along the coast of Mexico there. And uh, the water quality is just unbelievable. I mean, you, the visibility is amazing. Um, so if you're into snorkeling or scuba diving, it's you know that's a great thing. Um, <clears throat> Cozumel itself, uh, as far as, uh, things to do, there's, you know, there are some national, national parks. Um, there's, uh, not a whole lot as far as, uh, you know, the pyramids and things like that, which you can get the ancient ruins. There's one, there's one ruin in, in Cozumel that's, that's you know hundreds and hundreds of years old um you know a mayan ruin the mm. but the from cozumel you can do day trips to chichen itza and tulum uh chichen itza is uh i believe the largest mayan ruins um absolutely amazing there and uh tulum is smaller but the amazing thing about tulum is it's right on the coast. So you have these, you know, these huge pyramids and the coastline right there. So that's, that's, uh, you know, quite spectacular. Um, so there, there are, you know, there are a lot of things to do, not necessarily, um, you know, a week's worth of day trips in Cozumel, but if you go off the Island which is very easy to do. It's only a 30 minute ferry ride over to the mainland. It's, it's, it's only uh, 20 K 
between the island and the mainland. Um, so it's real easy to go over and, and do day trips over on the mainland. And then there are, um, you know, two or three days worth of day trips on Cozumel outside of the snorkeling and diving. Um, but you can spend four or five, six days just doing, you know, dive trips in Cozumel. Awesome. Uh, no, I, I know for my family, they'd be happy just lying on the beach. So um, that'd be yeah, good for them. And that, I mean, the beaches there on the, on the East coast side, um, you know, it, it, they can get these spectacular waves. You got the beautiful uh, Caribbean colors. Um, and, and then normally on the, on the West coast side, the, the side facing the mainland, uh, that's where all the diving is. And, and that's usually quite calm on that side. And that's where the race, where the swim takes place is on the, is, is in the, the channel or the bay between, between the mainland and the island. Um, but the other amazing thing about Cozumel that a lot of people don't know is there's about a 30, 30 kilometer stretch or more that's bicycles only. Oh, nice. Um, so you're riding 20 kilometers along, along the East coast, uh, on what was the original road. And now there's a second road just, just to the in, you know, further inland by 20 meters. Um, so you, you have that all to yourself for about 20 kilometers. And then there's about another 10 K section that goes underneath the trees, um, that spikes only. Um, and then two other sections, uh, have, uh, what was a four lane road going across the islands. Now two lanes with the outside lane on each side being bikes only. So, you know, I can go down there and do an out and back ride for three and a half hours and, and, you know, it's, it's basically just me, you know, really nice. Guys, if you want to go check out uh, Cozumel or you want to come down to New Zealand, look, it's going to be really difficult for people to get accommodation um, and transport and what have you for the 70.3 in New Zealand later this year because it's Taupo is a small place. Um, check out Endurance Sports Travel. Also, uh, they will look after your family. If you're going to Kona, again, it takes a lot of the hassle out of things because you can spend a lot of time sitting in your car, sitting in traffic in Kona. It's a small place, but it goes into bloody gridlock. Um, just takes all the hassle out of things for you guys. So if you want to Go over there. I'm, I'm on the website at the moment. Brazil looks fantastic. I can see a little jacuzzi there. Tapo's awesome. So check out endurancesportstravel.com. Um, and, uh, and all the feedback we've ever got from listeners using them have always said they just do amazing service and really kind of go to that next level. So you can't go wrong with them. And we look forward to seeing Ken hopefully racing uh, Kona again later this year. So Ken, thanks very much for your time and all the best for Brazil. We hope you smoke it. Thank you, guys. Take care. John, we haven't done the interview of Kim. We're inserting that later, so let's just get straight into Winger of the Week. Winger of the Week. week. Okay. You, I'm letting you pick him because you normally you say, give me a number, but today John, I heard John would say, jeez. So well, I said, we're well, giving that person it. So when you, for those that aren't on Strava, you can have your profile being private or public, and when you're private, it's quite hard for, to actually tell how much what people have done exactly. So, but we'll, get, we'll give it to him and, and hope like how uh, this is correct because it's pretty uh, impressive. So Vaughan Hunt, he did uh, he did 54 hours and 52 minutes. It was all biking. 
So I'm kind of thinking he must be doing like the length of New Zealand or something like that. 54 hours and 52 minutes from eight activities spread through the week. He's from Palmerston North, which is in the North Island of New Zealand. He averages 486 kilometres per week, so that's a pretty decent amount over the last four weeks. Uh, and that's pretty impressive. Biggest ride, 222 kilometres, and the biggest climb, 1,781 metres of elevation. So... Yeah, I assume Vaughan must be doing length of New Zealand because 54 hours of activity in one week is insane. And it is that time of the year where there are a number of people doing um, doing length of New Zealand there's, on There's a race bikes. on, isn't it? Yeah, it's a tour of eight, they call it Tour Aotearoa and it, it must happen about this time every year. So it's not, a, it's sort of a race, it's more of just a yeah, tour and you kind of tick, tick bit, yeah. bits off. Um, so good on you, Vaughan. 54 hours. Do you know, I reckon we've got enough time to do the question and answer. So let's do that. Questions and answers. answers. Paul de George has got here. Um, hi, my name is Paul de George. I am a triathlon coach in the UK. I just listened to the latest podcast where John talked about the changes to the start at Ironman New Zealand. I have just had an email from Ironman Lanzarote 2020 where they were seeding the swim start according to gender and age group with the 50 plus starting last. Why is there an assumption that females older age group will be slower swimmers? I feel that uh, if there has to be a slow a rolling start, they should stick to mixed gender start times at the start of the race. I'd be interested to get your take on the new wave starts and how this has been proposed. It would be interesting to see some statistics on this because uh, unfortunately, Paula, there's no perfect way of doing this. I like the wave starts, but there's, I've got downsides um, because you're going to get people that are going to get swum over. And... Uh, and it would be interesting to actually see whether you are correct, whether females 50 plus are in fact slower or faster or the same as males 50 plus or whatever. So how they actually come up with their their, their formula of spreading the field out. So I kind of think wave starts are a good thing, but yes, some people are going to get screwed over by it. So unfortunately, well, I mean, I know you're, she was saying that you're swimming at the back, so at least the advantage there is you're not going to get swum over, but the disadvantage is you're but going to... But if you're a to, good swimmer, uh, yeah. and, and swimming's one of those sports that's a bit like cycling, mm -hmm. if you're a good swimmer, you don't lose that much speed as you age. Mm -hmm. You know, like you think of, you, you go to do surf try at, uh, at the old local swimming pool, and you've got guys in their 50s who are overweight, mm. big guts, but they can swim like legends. So I mean, the advantage you've got, is you're going to be swimming through people, which is an advantage and a disadvantage. Um, I'd say it would be mainly a disadvantage, wouldn't it? If you, if you had to start at the back of the pack and swim... Oh, yeah. No, it's a disadvantage, but for, you've got to think about other people in the group. They're not going to get swum over, so there's an advantage for, for them as well. Um, another disadvantage, you've got less time on the clock if you're a slower athlete. So there's swings and roundabouts all over the place, but there's no perfect formula. But it would be interesting to see if they did some stats on it to actually see average swim times and whether they use that in their formulation or it's more a case of... The men are going to be big, aggressive guys, and there's going to be a biggest group of them, so we're going to put them off there. But anyway, I think um, wave starts are helpful, mostly. I think she wanted you to be angry. I think yeah. she wanted to rant. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, mate, because I was trying to get him to rant. Yeah. What, what do you want to rant about this week? Actually, we've got to go because we're going to go talk to Ken. We'll be back in two secs. Okay, we are back. We just had an interview with Ken there. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that earlier on the show. Jombo, uh, let's talk about patrons. We've got a new patron, John. 
We have indeed, Matthew Twynham. He completed his first triathlon, a pool-based race in 2001, having seen a photo of myself looking like a barrel. <laughs> uh, my background uh, is swimming, and so I was seated in the fifth fastest uh, guys in the last wave. It was hilarious. When we got out of transition, there were five amazing-looking TT bikes. In the middle of them, my bright red Rally 20 mountain bike slash shopping bike. Nice. Needless to say, I didn't win the event, but I loved it, and have been hooked ever since. Um, completed the first Ever UK half Ironman back in 2003, then the UK full Ironman in 2013. So he had 10 years to build up for that in Bolton. The following year, I did the Enduro Man double distance Ironman and finished in a pathetic 43 hours, but there was only me taking part. So I guess I won. Nice. Nice. Yep. Uh, hey, you won it. After that, I switched to Olympic distance in the race for Team GB. I then packed up running in 2017 mainly because I was so crap at it. Took on the newfangled aquabike racing and competed for Team GB at the World Champs in Flynn in 2018 and Ponte Vedra in 2019. This year, I'm doing the Euro Aquabike in Austria and then a couple of 70.3s, back running again. And finally, I'm off to the new full Ironman distance race in Portugal in September. You've got a busy year. Um, long-term plan is to try to secure a Kona slot on my 20th year of triathlon, fingers crossed. Uh, I spent the winter living and training in Goa, India. So Matt's is from the UK, but he's uh, spent half the year in Goa in India on a kind of six-month winter camp. Uh, the weather is perfect and the roads and traffic are abysmal. <laughs> but when every day is 32 degrees and sunny, you can struggle through. That's a very condensed history. He's also got a pair of next uh, Nike Vapor Flyers waiting for me on his return to the UK. Currently, I'm running in a pair of $29 decathlon trainers, uh, so I'll report back and let you know if it really true, truly is a 4% gain in April. So, Matt? Yeah, we, we, we talked about this before we pushed record, because John was saying, what's the nickname, what's the nickname? And I was thinking Indian, and we're going to do something on curry. Mm-hmm. We've already got the explosion, yep. so we couldn't do curry. And then I thought, what else do Indians love? Cricket. Not so much this week because we pulled their pants down and spanked their bottoms twice. So then then we thought, well, what about like a cricket term? So I thought the bouncer. There you go. You get the bouncer in your face. It's probably one of the hardest balls to face. Matthew, the bouncer, Twynham. Love your work, mate. Love your work and I love your story. Just for the vaporflies, John, I'm not sure I talked about this last week. I reckon I'm going to like them because of the conditioning. Did we talk about that? So that, that what sorry the condition the soft the cushioning of them yeah you did talk about that okay good because I was just but Brett Sutton also said everybody's going to get injured from them all the age groupers so well, yeah well he's, you might feel more comfortable you might get injured well Brett Sutton knows all he does he does know all John if you want to come back to another show go dub 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 I am talk dot me do it this week because we're doing the draw next week um it's all pretty obvious your patronage really supports the show you get a gift and you get a chance to go to Cone off the boys this year if you want some coaching check out coachjohnnewson.com if you want to check out my podcast Bevan James Isles show at bevanjamesisles.com and other content such as age group of the week call websites and other feedback you can email them to us at iamtalkpodcast at gmail.com John you goss you goss I'm, I'm, I'm back racing again on Friday night doing another sprint one going back for redemption after getting second oh. last time round been doing putting in a few good hard little sessions, a 20 minute TT at the weekend on the trainer, a few little 1k reps here or there, so I think, I'm, I think I'll get a nice little gain, so we'll see if it's enough if uh, everybody rocks up. So looking forward to that. Went to a 40th at the weekend, my sister-in-law's 40th. What's a 40th like? Well, it was a bit of a protracted because it started with a bit of lawn bowls. Oh, that's good, I like a bit you of lawn bowls. You did a lawn bowls, didn't you, for your yep, work yep, party? A few times, yep. 
And so we were first to, to arrive because I think we can't be late. They've got it booked. It's your sister. So we, we, we turned yeah. up on time. And uh, so we thought, oh, we'll have a little, little warm-up. A roll-up, they say? Got the tips from the, from the, the, the guys that were helping out. So, you know, you do it this way. And I, and I think I did lawn bowls when I was at probably primary school. You probably did yeah. a session of it. And that you was need it. your weight and your length, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, rolled up the first bowl. Stopped. Parked on the jack. Oh, first bowl I did. Legend. This is, this is a good or a bad sign. Went downhill from oh, there. Oh, okay. Our team got eliminated in the first round. Uh, so, yeah, that was my 40, a bit, a bit of bowls action at the weekend. And didn't, that wasn't a big 40th for us because you started at 4 o'clock or f- what time you 4 or 5 o'clock. 11. Oh, yeah. that's all right. It's, yeah. It's passable. Yep. Had to, babysitters. Had to get back. How much did you pay for a babysitter? Well, not a lot when it's your parent, but still, oh, you don't okay. want to leave them waiting too yeah, long. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. The bonus was the car, no car got stolen this time from outside our house. That so is a bonus. The babysitter's car gets stolen. That's a bad thing. Bevan, what about you? Well, I was meant to go along to Melina's 60th. Mm. And then I was just, I wasn't sick, but I just crashed. And uh, Joe pulled rank. Because mm. I literally, I lay down for uh, 20 minutes, woke up two and a half hours later, mm-hmm. and I was not in a good, I just wasn't in a good place. And Joe goes, Babe, you can't go. And I said, babe, I want, I want to go. And she goes, nah, I'm pulling rank. And I said, oh, you're a ranker. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've got a question for you, John. Yes. Have you ever in your life had a pen from that you've bought and got run out of ink on it? Yeah. Have you? Like you've that one pen, use it until you ran out of ink. Yeah. Have you really? I've never done that. You can, especially on the see-through ones, you can see the ink slowly going through. You're talking a ballpoint pen. Ballpoint pen. It goes down, you can see it running out, and then you go, my pen's not working. Oh, there's no ink left. I had a lawyer, uh, one of my lawyers years ago, this would be about 15 years ago, and he had the same pen since 1975. Right. That's a good effort. It wouldn't have been a ballpoint pen. No, that was a flash one. Mm. Has name engraved in it. But mm. still, what are the chances of that? I know. That was, that, that is, you're probably a bit of an animal person, aren't you? I think so. Yeah. Other than that, John, what's my goss? My goss is I went for a run the other day. You said this last week too. This is a bit of a no, but no, but I I did like an hour flat, averaging four oh five. Felt a bit sore the next. (laughs) No shit, Sherlock. Four oh five's not mucking around. Well, my problem is when I get running, I just want to run. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not very good at the slow run. And so it's got, not not four or five is fast, but it's pretty fast. But it's not, you know, I wasn't cruising. Um, but it was nice to get, like, I haven't done it long because normally my, my loop's just Harry on back, 40 minutes, easy. In the hills, yep. slow going, average pace doesn't mean anything. No, nah, it's, it's a beautiful run. Uh, went around Hickley Park. It is nice running around a park because you pass people, mm-hmm. get that little ego hit. Yeah. And then when someone passes Nobody you. Nobody jumped on your wheel this time? No, no, nobody right. jumped in the wall, so I'm getting back into a bit of running. Uh, oh, John, actually, here's a discussion. I know, fingers being pointed. Fingers being pointed. How long is it before an Ironman gets cancelled? An Ironman? Well... You're getting cancelled. Oh, right. Well, they're already getting cancelled. Not... Because uh, so of cor- coronavirus? It was a 70.3 that got cancelled the other day. Uh, so I think anything in the firing line between here and uh, and June is, is in the firing line. So... Um, yeah, we've got a few. We've got I'm in New Zealand coming up. When's um, the Italian one? That's got to be cancelled. Uh, Italy's not till later in the year. There might oh, be a 70.3 over there. Um, but definitely the ones in Asia that are coming up are, are certainly under threat. So you've got Challenge Taiwan. Um, you've got Ironman Taiwan that's coming up that is still scheduled to be rolling, and that's a couple of weeks before that. So there's certainly a few coming up in um, March and April. Uh, Ironman Australia is sort of into to May time. So, yeah, we've certainly got some... Nervous times. It's, ahead. it's just going to be a really interesting moment. Like I'm, I'm kind of on the camp that 
make wise choices and don't stress about it. That's kind of my camp, you know. Do the things that we know we should do. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you don't, you know, all the rest of it. But like I work in an industry where I stand in front of hundreds of people each mm. week. So for my job, if it comes to New Zealand, they start to really restrict things, mm. that, you know, no, no, I actually had to find out because I've got loss of income insurance and it's something I really to think about mm. whereas does Ironman have a loss of income insurance? Oh, I'm sure that would be insurance up to the hill. They must be, eh? Mm. Because Ironman is, is A, mass gathering of people mm. that's going to you know, that's gonna be pushed away. B, it's a bit of a hygiene problem. Well, it's travelling there. Well, it's a problem. Yeah, but also in the race, mm. you know, you think of the hygiene of an Ironman race, mm. it ain't that sharp, is it? Because we're all sweating and gross and... Um, you know, admittedly, maybe not touching many people, but yeah, it's, it's oh, you've just, got all the aid stations, people handing off water. Yeah, true. Um, so it's yeah. going to be really interesting to see. I'm, I'm fingers crossed that two months from now we've found it, figured it out, and we're kind of heading in the other direction. But this year is going to be a fascinating year if if there isn't an answer quickly. Mm. And for our sport, what if there's no Ironman Kona this year? You and I have got a week in Kona. Right? I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but hey, like they're Brilliant. talking about no Olympics. Yeah, there's no Olympics. Probably going to be no Kona. I reckon there'll be a Kona. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm just going to say, make sure you make that race happen. We've, we've got tickets booked. We're okay. there. We, we, please, because we're going to be there. Okay, let's wrap it up, John. Iron Russ. I'm in Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.